Yeah, what the deal? What is the deal? What is the deal of the dead dealio? Yo, it's poppin'. It's your man Dean Edwards. Welcome back to a father, 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 mucking protocol, the new episode. You heard me correctly. Huh? Still my birthday month? No. My birthday month ended last night at 11.59 p.m. It was a wonderful birthday month. I'm not one of those people that celebrates um, their birthday all month, man. I, I, I celebrate the day of, maybe. If it's on the weekend, I'll, I'll give you like a weekend celebration. But I'm not doing the uh, <laughs> the month-long turn up. It's not necessary. I, you know, that's a, that's a little arrogant. That's a lot arrogant. But to each his or her own. Uh, I wonder if women do that more than men. Shoot, it's my birth. It's my birthday month. I'm, I'm, we turning up all. I wish y'all could see me because my hand is moving a lot as I say that. Yo, uh, big shout out to uh, All Things Comedy, the network, and, and uh, go check out um, some of the wonderful podcasts that they have rocking out on the uh, All Things Comedy network, man. Uh, you know what? Shout out to my man, Dean Del Rey, whose who's podcast, Let There Be Talk, man. We uh, we got to work it out, but we're going to do an episode of his this week, and he's going to do an episode of mine. So he should be on uh, next week's episode. Dean's doing doing big big things. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've watched Dean since he was a young lad in this comedy thing. Um uh, you know, uh, he's actually, uh, going on to, to, you know, greater success. I know his, his podcast is, is, is top rated, but more than that, he, uh, he's a rockhead, you know, like he, he's into metal and he, um, he actually, if I'm not mistaken, he's touring opening, uh, for Alice in Chains right now. And funny, funny story, huh? You know, last week, uh, but like me, Mr. Edwards, um, one year older, I got a little older, tidbit wiser, gained zero pounds, no inches higher. Uh, that's that's Q-tip from the, the remix of Benita Applebaum. For those of you that don't know, a nice remix. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go find that. Gonna have to go find that track. I I haven't heard that in in many 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 moons. But um, uh, Delray. So I'm I'm checking in. I I, I get to the uh, terminal uh, last last week. Get to what terminal two at JFK, which was a nice uh, change pace for a change because terminal four. Anyone that knows about terminal four, uh, JFK which is uh one of the international terminals that's a big that's just a big terminal man you can you not even joking you can walk a mile before you get to your gate once you once you go from uh you know the the drop off car dropping you off to checking in to going through the tsa and then finally getting to your gate Shoot, if you if you're like gate thirty eight, you can forget it. Like if you're if you're gate like, or is it is it forty eight? It's just far, man. It's it's far, you know. Um, so I'm checking in, and 
the uh the lovely lovely young lady checking me in um she sees my name and she says her nephew's name is also Dean. I said, well, your your sister had a great taste. She's like, oh, someone has a uh, has a birthday coming up. Uh, and I don't know how it came up because my birthday, that was Tuesday. My birthday was uh, on Saturday, the 30th. Um, and I don't know how, I don't re- recall how it came up, but I know she... Uh, she learned I was a comedian. I thought maybe I said I'm going out uh, to to uh, do shows in, in Minneapolis. And so she um, she says, "Oh, you know what? I I uh, I met a comedian last weekend in uh, in AC in Atlantic City. He was uh, I went to a concert and with uh, Alice in Chains, and I said Dean Del Rey. And she said, "You know what? Yeah." She's like, yeah, that was that was his name, Dean Del Rey, and I and I did I did an impression of a man. She was like, oh yeah, he was he was really funny, but I scared him a little. I was like, I said, what do you mean you scared him? She says, well, I uh, I ran up to him and and told him how funny he was, and he jumped, <laughs> and he jumped and was like, whoa, whoa, slow down, you know, and so. Uh, so I took a picture of her with with she and I, I, I and I sent it to Del Rey. Said said yo, uh, this um this person says she just saw you in Atlantic City, excuse me, last weekend, and she also uh, said that she scared you a, a, a little bit, scared you a wee bit. Um oh, and she you know what she also well here let me see, uh, what did she also say? She she also said, um, uh, this woman at Delta learned I'm a comedian. Says she just saw a comedian open for Alice in Chains in air in AC. I was gonna say in air conditioning in AC last week, and I said Dean Del Rey, that's my buddy. Then she told me that she told you that you look like her high school friend Woody, <laughs> and he texted me back, ha ha, that's right, man. She came up to me all drunk, ha ha, that's nothing crazy. I'm in NYC, get back soon so we can hang and record. So, um, shout out to my man Dean Del Rey good good uh cat just an all-around good brother good heart um yeah it was it was a great weekend man you know what uh I I probably mentioned um in the in the past that I was uh I was going out to um to play Acme Comedy Co out in Minneapolis, and when I first heard about the gig, when when my agent first sent me the offer, he um he he included in in the email, I really hope you can do this club because it's one of the best clubs in the country, and oh you don't get that that often you know everybody doesn't claim that they have one of the best clubs nationwide because there are a lot of clubs you know i think um i think how many you know what geez how many clubs does the the improv have? now i'm I'm just curious how many rooms the uh the improv comedy club has um available i'm guessing i'm gonna say 18 yeah i'm gonna say 18 Let's see the improv. Look, uh, the tr- you have to make sure when you Google improv, 
that you don't just put improv because if you put improv, uh, then you're going to get a bunch of places that do improv. All right, so boom, let's see. Uh, wow, I just put in improv.com and it says select your improv, Addison, Arlington, Atlanta. Ooh, it's, ooh, it's by, it's in alphabetical uh, order. You know what's funny too? All of these clubs are, are in the suburbs of these cities. <laughs> this is, for instance, uh, the Denver, Colorado uh, improv, which we'll be returning to next week. Uh, for all of those uh, listeners in Father Muckin Podcast land that listen to and support the Father Muckin uh, protocol and our, my Father Muckin fam out there in the Denver area, uh, Denver or even I think uh, Colorado Springs, maybe even Aurora. Um, yeah, make sure you come out next week. Harris and I are returning. Harris, Stanton and myself will be returning to the uh, improv in Denver uh, August, August 11th through August 14th. Um, but it's out in the suburbs, <laughs> you know, it's out, it's out. It's, it's not, I think, uh, the other club that doesn't, that's never booked me that I'm not going to shout out. Um, they are located more downtown and the, uh, the improv is more, I guess you'd say out in the burbs, you know, strip mall wise. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be out there. Let's see. So we're counting how many? Let's see. 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21. The 22. Wow. The 22 um, improv comedy clubs. Wow. That's uh, that's more than, than I realized. The, uh, so let's see. That's 20, 22 improvs. And let's see how many. Let's see how many funny bones they have. Cause that, because you know what that means that there are a lot of clubs for brothers to uh to work at all right it looks like three six nine twelve there are twelve funny bones wow so that's that's thirty four clubs um that you realize uh you're working okay and and I'm in a good amount of them uh -huh. all right. Thirty-two, and then those are, I guess, what people consider the A rooms, and then you have a bunch of B rooms. Not even really B rooms, just in uh, areas that may not be underserved. For instance, you have um, Rooster Tea Feathers, which is in, I believe, it's uh, is it Sunnyvale, California, um, and the closest competition they have would be the San Jose Improv. So, um, they are in competition, but they're not, uh, I've never done the, Su the Sunnyvale, um, not the Sunnyvale. I've never done that San Jose improv, but I've done the, the Sunnyvale rooster tees. And so, um, what it looks and so according to my my ruling since i haven't worked the club why am i promoting it but i do work the improv chain i just never have done that particular club so so it's all good and then also out there in the bay area you have um you have like tommy t's you have uh the uh the the punch line and and San Fran and Sacramento, you know, so there are a bunch of, uh, wow, there are a lot of, a lot of comedy clubs, hyenas out there, three of their rooms in Texas, which you'll catch me at out in, um, out in November and December doing all three of those. So yeah, there are a good amount of, um, a good amount of clubs, uh, 
to to run through, <laughs> as it were. What was my original point? I don't know. I guess is that there's enough for, for to go around for everybody. Everybody. I'm going to take a sip. So anyway, I um I went out to um to do Acme last week, and out of those, th- what I just mentioned, what thirty. Uh, 22 plus plus 12 that's 34 and then I said like the hyenas so that's like 37 and then uh, Rooster Teeth so I said like about 40 different clubs I can't recall Caroline's Gotham you know um, I've been to a lot of these clubs and there are clubs that you go to that you say to yourself yo that that room is 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 dope you know like uh, between Gotham and Caroline's, you know, those 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 clubs are in, in my top 10, you know, uh, the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. You know, these are clubs, the improv in Hollywood, the comedy store. See, there, there are institutions, you know, the comic strip. The comic strip is an institution of comedy. Uh, where else? The uh, Obviously, the Laugh Factory is similar to... The Lab Factory, uh, the, well, the Lab Factory and the Comedy Store are similar to, say, the Comic Strip, and uh, and Caroline's, you know, in that these these are clubs that have been around for for many moons, and they are they are run by uh, people, you know, Richie Tankin, uh, still still runs the Comic Strip. As he did when he uh, when he first saw and discovered and began to manage uh, Eddie Murphy's career, um, Mitzi Shore runs. Uh, I don't know, and, and it's funny because people's health, you know, declines over the years, but they have these legendary voices. You know, they become voices in comedy that that people, you know, believe in and and support and are honored to be sort of. Uh, uh, chosen by or, or or given a pass by you know in their in their clubs you know so you have like Mitzi at the comedy store in LA you have uh Jamie Jamie Masada buddy <laughs> who runs the laugh factory in LA and well all the laugh factories are his but he runs the one in LA and you have uh Richie who uh who runs uh runs the the strip and then you have uh Caroline um geez, I forget her name who runs Caroline's um you know people who've, who've been doing it a long time and obviously love comedy and and you know the factory I always feel like this I tell people if you if you're if you're a if you're a comedy fan and you go to the laugh factory any night of the week chances are you're gonna see a, a dope show you know the weekends especially you're gonna see like the you know banging lineups uh and banging shows you know um at at its uh peak while i was or while i worked there i'd say you know you you'd have nights where you'd have like uh you know dane cook when he was on fire you know what i mean dane cook when when you know tourgasm was 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 that that move you know regardless of what any of y'all think of uh dean as a stand-up or you know people include their opinions and judging i'm like you can't you can't take away from what dane cook has done and been for stand-up comedy 
as far as transcending the uh, stand-up stages and the club stages. You know, dude took it to where he was doing arenas, you know, doing the uh, you know, Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden, you know. And so you got to respect him. And, and during that, that, that prime, when when he went to HBO and showed he had millions of MySpace followers, which then turned into them sponsoring not only his tour, but having uh, his show Tourgasm get picked up so that he could put uh, Bobby Kelly and Jay Davis and Gary Goldman on on the screen and on the map with him. You know, that that's something. So shout out to Dane. And Dane actually, uh, you know, they, like I'm saying, there were days or weekends or shows that you would go into the Laugh Factory and he would have the crowd packed in there because people knew Dane Cook was on the marquee and was going to be there that night. And then you'd mess around and you might have, say, uh, my man Godfrey on the show or or me on the show, uh, Tony Rock, uh, uh, Dean Del Rey, um, Joe Coy, you know, when Joe Coy was really just starting to bubble. Um, and then Chappelle might show up. You know, all in the same night. And so, you know, you on the uh, Sunset Strip going to comedy clubs and you might have gone to the store right afterwards or you or or the line might have been around the corner. So you couldn't get in there and you go to the store and the store to me was always more of a workshop. Uh, The improv was more industry to me and that, you know, that's where industry would go for showcases. But just for live time, vibrant energy, you you would you would go to the Laugh Factory and you still do. You go to the Laugh Factory on uh, on Sunset Boulevard to get that that fire show. That's one of those clubs that to me has stood the test of time and you can say, yo, that's one of the that's one of the dopest clubs in the nation. I just, I just love how it's set up. I love the lighting. I'm, and and some comics don't. You know, there's some comedians out there that they're like, nah, man, I'm not really, I don't like the setup. It's too bright. Um, But being an advertising major at one point in my life, I remember uh, them explaining that, uh, you know, there's certain colors that are welcoming. Um, There are cool colors that are welcoming. That was a cool, it was a cool color. You feel me? Like the, the, the colors in the laugh factory the the blues contrasting with the yellow it's just bright you know it's not in in comparison in stark contrast to many other comedy clubs excuse me it's it's uh it's just better lit it's 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 lit up it's illuminated so you see you see everybody um in the club whether you're watching the performers or even the audience members you know And, and so uh it became is one of those those places you go also because it's uh it's an event so people go there to be seen you know um great club caroline same way i say on the on the east coast it's it's one of those spots that that you go to and if if you don't do well at caroline's <laughs> It's you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it is one of those clubs that you just you go to and you know things are gonna be alright. As long as you have some stage presence, some confidence in what you're doing, you're gonna win. And that's one of those clubs I've always felt like, yo, this is like Caroline's people ask, where do you like performing? 
And I think to myself, actually, I don't even have to think. Anytime somebody asks me, what clubs do you like performing in? Boom, Caroline's, uh, the Lab Factory, the, um, I dig the Comedy Store. Mm, where else? Like that Chicago Improv is, is real nice, man. I always have fun at the Chicago Improv. Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati, Funny Boom on the levee. And I got to add now to that list, uh, the Acme Comedy Company, man. They, yo, shout out to the the owner and proprietor of of Acme Comedy Co., uh, Lewis. Yo, he, this, the club lives up to the hype. Anybody that uh, has never been, if you're ever passing through Minneapolis, beautiful club that club is club is fire man it's just it's a nice can i just say the food is banging <laughs> i sound real real obese right now like della reese no um didn't biggie rhyme that uh della reese and obese uh geez biggie that wasn't very nice i guess he was like what ain't no more to it <laughs> that's childish but uh, no, the, the 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 food in there, man. They had, I mean, just the fries alone are dope. But then they had, uh, they had this this uh, spicy fettuccine Alfredo with both uh, chicken and salmon. That I was there Tuesday night through Sunday morning. I had that at least three. Three times or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Out of five nights, I had that three nights, man. And wow, that was dang. It was good. It was good. You hear me? It was good. I sound real greedy. I'm, my mouth is watering right now. I'm, I'm getting real hungry right now. I haven't done the, the voice in a long time, but uh, you know, I gotta let y'all know it was. Uh, can I say it was succulent? Yeah. It was a real succulent meal that I ate three nights, three nights in the last week. And guess what? Two times in a row. So good. One night I went back and I hit it again. But I flipped from the chicken to the salmon. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Big up uh, our producer, Joseph Vesey, who's going to be in L.A. for for two months wow all right so i guess we're gonna have to wait a little longer <laughs> to, to to get Vessie back to, for part two but he's uh he's living the dream man he just uh got the call and uh i spoke to him yesterday and he's he's already um in sheraton or something uh laid up uh working on a feature film so good for him and check out his podcast, the uh, the callback, and uh, as I said um, a couple of episodes ago, keep an ear out and eye out because um, Vessi and I we had something cooking that's now selling that's gonna be a big success for us, and and uh and yeah there you have it the the Acme Comedy Co in Minneapolis man the, the, just to give you a an idea first of all. I knew it was going to be a good club because there's a uh, there's a video on the website that explains, um, you know, what the club is 
and how uh, how Lewis, the owner, is running. And so, um, you know, if you get a chance, go check it out because just it seems very warm and welcoming to uh, to comedy. You know, everybody's not comedy literate. Everybody's not doesn't have love for the the art of stand-up comedy and you could tell just from the you know three minute video alone that 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 he does you know so that right there made me uh made me a fan of the club before i even got there then to uh add to or to top it off i just uh, you know when i first uh rolled up when i got there you know i the club is literally around the corner from uh, the hotel. So I walked there, uh, the, for the first show on Tuesday night. And I saw, I was like, Oh, it's, it's a club. It's downstairs in a, and it's in sort of a warehouse district in the, uh, in what's called the North loop of, uh, Minneapolis. Very looks, looks very artsy, um, and beautiful, uh, skylines. Y'all know I'm a big sky junkie. So, um, beautiful skylines. I kept taking pictures of the sky every time I was walking to the club because the clouds, the cumulus clouds were beautiful. Oh, they were, they were to die for. It was a sight. It was a sight to behold. Let me tell you, honey or hunty. Yeah. So, um, so I get to the club, I go downstairs, uh, what seems like at least one flight, um, but it goes down two flights, so there's a basement and there's a sub basement to the uh, this this gigantic warehouse which houses an entire city block. They have also uh, I think a uh, uh, theater um, a little further down the street. Uh, I think there was an opera was playing in the theater in the theater as it were. So go downstairs as you walk downstairs to the right. Um, actually, right as you get down to the bottom of the steps. There are another set of steps that go down to the sub basement, um, but but it's a wide space, so you can see down in the uh, in the sub basement. Uh, if you go to the right of the um, of the big gaping hole leading downstairs to the sub basement, there's the box office and the restrooms. You go to the left, there's a little bar area, and then I see straight ahead. There's a there's a um, there's a restaurant called Stick. To the left is a bar, and then behind the bar, where which would be sort of behind me, there are uh, there's a dining room area. So then I, uh, after that, I I uh, meet some of the um, people that will be on the show along with me. Uh, my man, who's on the show? Rob and James, right? Rob was hosting. And James was featuring and what the club does that that's interesting. They they explained to me that they do the, the funniest person contest, uh, funniest person in Minneapolis. So, you know, when I first hear that, I was like, oh, damn, I, I'm not really I'm not really feeling this. I really don't want to really don't want to have to wait for a contest to uh, to end. But all right, I guess that's how they do it here. So that's what I'm doing. So whatever. Um, oh, look, and, and, and uh, this is a nice Acme Comedy Company. Thanks to at I am Dean Edwards who tore it up, brought it, 
or brow tit. <laughs> hashtag brow tit. Hashtag first time Acme Comedy Co. Can't wait to have you back. Uh, uh, less than symbol three. Oh, that's a hard. Dear. I knew that. I was just being silly. I was just, look, even if I wasn't being silly, I ain't going to let y'all know I'm, that I'm that dense. Hello. Aha. Aha. And um, so I go downstairs and uh, they they tell me that there's how many that there's only one person for the funniest contest. So I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but I I guess there's one person in the contest. So we go we go down uh, and they uh, the host Rob does a uh, does a great. He has a great set. Um, and then he, uh, he brings up some new Jack. It was, it was weird, right? Cause it, it just seemed, just seemed out of the blue that this dude is just sort of brought on stage. But, um, all right, the dude comes up and the dude, he, uh, he does a set. Was he funny? I was still so thrown that I wasn't even sure, um, how to, uh, how to respond to it, you know, <laughs> I know I text my boys, I know I text my boys, and uh, I think I texted Harris, and maybe, maybe Mark, and I was like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm in right now, but uh, I said, okay, here we go, that was it, uh, Robert Barrel or Barrel, B-A-R-I-L, he was hosting, real funny dude, real cool cat, he had this really funny joke about ISIS, and uh is is that I'm not gonna that you can't get his and his without ISIS. Um funny joke and James Moore was featuring so we uh we go we we go in son that's how we do feel me uh first for oh and when I walked in so when I go in the showroom now it's Tuesday night you don't expect to see anybody on a Tuesday I'm thinking, all right, well, this might be college night. Who does a show on a Tuesday? 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 Yo, we had almost 200 people in there on a Tuesday night. That right there, as I've said many moons ago here on the For the Market Protocol podcast, uh, when, when your first night really establishes the rest of the weekend, because it also, or really, in this case, the rest of the week, um, cause usually if you show up on a Thursday night and the shows go through either Saturday or Sunday, um, if you have a good show Thursday, I think psychologically it just does something to you where you feel, you feel great. You're in a good space. Um, and more than that, if you have good numbers on Thursday, you're like, all right, if they came out to me on a, on a sort of, uh, off night, then people definitely going to come out to support on Friday and Saturday. Cause that's, that's the night that the majority of the populace goes out. So, so we had nearly 200 on Tuesday. I was like, all right, this is going to be a good show. But now Pete, and this is something I always tell, tell, uh, Harris, and this is the father mucker protocol for any of y'all that, that don't know, you know, when you go in a new space, I don't care what it is you do. Right. In this case, if you're a uh, if you're a stand up comedian, but also if you're just an entertainer, you're a singer, you're a rapper, you know, you go you go to like an open mic that you've never been to that that you've heard about. Um, you want to leave a mark. You want to, you know, make 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 people feel your your presence. 
when you walk into the space, right? You know, if 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 you are starting a new job, you work in an office, you telemarket, market, whatever. When you're an accountant, when you first when you get a new job, is I liken it to that. You go on a basketball court um, that you're not familiar with. Nobody knows you. Everyone's familiar with everyone else, but they don't know you. When you first walk on that stage, man. When you first walk in that space, Father Market Protocol dictates that you leave a mark and you go all in. You go balls out, right? You let them feel you. You want to make sure you you give them a hundred and ten percent. And that's not to say you're going to drop the ball afterwards, but you only have one chance to make a first impression. You feel me? And, you know, I especially say that uh, to Harris or anyone I bring on the road with me uh, or that I have brought on the road with me in the past, even, you know, uh, Mark and even Vessi. I tell them, look, we 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 go in, make sure that first show is the banger, especially if it's a new space, because you're reflecting not only um, yourself, you're reflecting me because I brought you out here with me. You know, this this show, when I first got booked for it was a fallout. So they already had their features booked, which was which was cool. Um, uh, uh, Derek, the uh, manager at the club that books the features, he said, I'm, I can bring Harris next time. So if Harris wants to roll, we'll make that happen. But you go into space, you, the reason you do that is because you want to prove your, your worth, prove your metal. You know, you don't want to go in there and just be average and have them saying, well, why'd we book him? <laughs> you know? I wanted to go in there and slay these fools. And so that's that's exactly what I did. You know, I, I was like, you know what? I don't care what happens before me. There is nothing before me. It's all about what happens afterwards, what happens once I get on that stage and after that that point. So that's I I was I was I was in in uh in Todd Lynn's <laughs> Draw, rest in peace to my buddy. You gotta erase cash. You gotta erase these fools. Hey man, we don't have we don't have time to be mediocre. We gotta be great. You know, and so that's that's what I did. I was like, I'm gonna be great. And because it was Minneapolis, um, because it was Minneapolis, um, because Prince just passed, uh, you know, recently, um, what less than three months ago or so, because um, of the the not only the the state of the world that we're living in currently, and specifically the uh, the violent uh, police shooting of Philando Castile in uh, in Minneapolis last month, I uh, I had a challenge on my shoulders because. Um, I may have mentioned recently or in the recent past that I've been working on material that's probably a little darker than what people are used to hearing from me. You know, people people know Dean. Oh, Dean Dean's you know fun and and loving and full of energy and 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 uh, loves pop culture and impressions and and yeah, that's all good. But I also I also like to uh, I also like to hit on uh what's going on in the world in my way now am i suddenly george carlin meets uh richard pryor meets uh i think dl hughley recently has been doing a phenomenal job 
of uh, including social commentary in his material. But DL's always done that, if you ask me. I actually, uh, I actually don't think he gets his just due, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, uh, being a comic that has something to say, a comedian that has something to say. I, I think out of the, uh, original Kings of Comedy as, as a brand, I think DL is the one that nobody, that I always heard people scrutinizing. You know, you go to the barbershop and I always get people like, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know if I'm really feeling your boy DL. You know, he was all right, but he, I mean, he wasn't Bernie or, or sad, you know, because sad is physical and, and and pop culture and, and Steve Harvey, you know, is, is a brilliant host. You know, he, I think he's, he's made uh, many an award show and the family feud, you know, uh, extremely watchable, you know, and so... So he, uh, they've etched their space, um, etched their name in stone for what type of comics they are. And when it comes to specifically a black audience, people, people, people rock with them, you know. But it always came to uh, DL and, of course, Bernie. Bernie's a storyteller. <laughs> I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. You know, Bernie was just on another planet in comparison to everybody. But, um... DL, I, I always, I've always liked because he, he said, you know, he, he said, well, you know, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it my way. And so social commentary to ethnic crowds doesn't always speak to us. Cause we, you know, we, we like it. We like, uh, we don't feel like having to think sometimes it seems like, you know, you know, it's, it's almost like, <laughs> You know, everybody has that one friend that, that, you know, suddenly gets conscious and like, and, you know, y'all sitting there just trying to talk about, you know, your top five rappers. Then they're like, you know, brother Malcolm, you're like, oh, here he come. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, man, I don't feel like hearing this. <laughs> where's, where's that, where them hoes at? You know, that's how, that's how people are sometimes. People don't want to think. And I think uh, DL has done a great job recently of of reminding people of um of what not only what he does um but what's going on in the world and and addressing it you know and congratulations on him being um a New York Times best selling New York Times best selling author for like 7 or 8 weeks in a row because um yeah yeah he 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 wrote a book i'm trying to uh let's see dl hughley author let's just see because i i was actually i need to go ahead and um go ahead and get his book i want you oh he i know he wrote uh i want you to shut the f up how the audacity of dopes is is ruining america is that his book no no black man white house that's the name of his book black man white house and he i think the book is um it dis discusses uh president obama's um presidency uh yeah it's an or it's called black man white house an oral history of the obama years 
and it's on the um, New York Times best bestseller list. So congrats to DL. That gives us something else to shoot for. I'm always inspired by Cash. Y'all know me. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody to win because that's going to motivate me. But, um, yeah, son, uh, son was always a favorite. Um, or at least I've always admired his work because he is, uh, is a true reflection of Nina Simone's words that said it takes it is an artist's duty to reflect the times you know i saw i saw scarface uh brad <laughs> so scarface from the ghetto boys recently on um on social media of all places and it's always it's, it's, it's always interesting when you see um when you see uh People that I get, you know, I want. I guess are older, not older in a bad way, but you know, he he's definitely he he's definitely um, more mature than say a, a teeny bopper that is uh, <laughs> that that knows how to maneuver Twitter and. Now, I would say Facebook, but I don't think they're on Facebook like that anymore. Uh, Twitter and, and Facebook and, and Instagram and Snapchat. And do people even Periscope anymore? Or is that have we moved? Have we moved on from uh, from Periscope? I don't know. Yeah, somebody let me know because I have it. I have it, but I don't know if I necessarily uh, necessarily use it, utilize it. Um, cause I don't know if I care, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I could actually say that I care that much about, um, about all, you know me with, with social media, man, it's, it gets, it gets exhausting. You feel me? It just, it becomes, it becomes, becomes somewhat draining to try to follow any and everything. I want to follow everything, man. I just, I just want it to be funny. I just wanted to slang some jokes. Slang these, slang these jokes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Scarface, he was like, "Yo, I don't want to hear about uh, how many how many cars you got, um, or how many uh, how many females you uh, you you bag uh, on in your music, man. You know, let's how about some real." How about some real music? Like, let's get to, let's get to. Here it goes. Here, no, let me find it. I'm, I'm actually looking for the post because I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was very telling. Let me see. Here it go. Yeah, boom. Here, let me, let me let y'all hear it. Man, it's a must. I show y'all niggas how to do this, man, cause. Apparently, y'all don't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening to what people is rapping about, and their music is not reflecting on what the Times is doing. You see what I'm saying? It's just a cold-blooded, uh, uh, um, it's a cold-blooded strategy by the powers that be to take our focus on what's happening around us. You feel me? But we gotta make music that dictate what the Times is doing right now. Okay? All right. So. When you see what's happening in the neighborhoods, 
and, and abroad, you know, the last thing that I want to hear about is shopping in a fucking mall. You feel me? <laughs> or, or she's so fine. Or she got that ass looking at that body and all that shit, man. My nigga, grow up, my nigga. Where your substance at, old punk ass nigga? <laughs> you ain't got no substance, nigga. Yeah. Say right, Joe. <laughs> Shout out to Brother Bob, man. He 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 felt that. But I totally uh feel what he's saying and and also agree. It's like, yo, we, we, yeah, got all, all these rappers, not even rappers, just you know, whether it's you're a rapper, whether you uh comedian, you know, everyone talks a strong game until uh until it's time to really step up to the plate and play that game, you know. Um, also, the, the the music you heard in the background, that was Greg Perry, Let's Get Away From It All, dope track. I think that was, uh, I was seven years old when that joint came out, I think 1977. Um, yeah, talk about something with some substance, man, you know. So my, my job, my duty recently, I said, you know what, I'm not going to shy away from race because we don't live in a post-racial America and as evidence that we were lulled into not we but people were lulled into believing that somehow we lived in this post-racial era which we did and do not and and now um and that's not to say that uh one race or another race is better than um, anyone else because ultimately we all are human part of the human race but whether you are uh, of uh, you know Greek descent whether you are Italian whether you are uh, black whether you are uh, Asian you know um, I don't there's nothing wrong with seeing someone and acknowledging where they are from, where their their genealogy is linked to, um, I don't. I want you to see that I am human, that I am a black male. Uh, ultimately, I, that I'm human first, but also I am a black man. Um, you know, then you break things down. All right, well, I'm a New Yorker. You know, you have things. These are these are all things that make up who you are, and you know, there's history attached to that. So I want you to see that and, and recognize who I am in my history. Just like, oh, you want me if 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 uh, if you're Italian and you have a proud heritage, I have no problem with you being proud of that heritage. And I'll acknowledge and, and salute that heritage, you know. Um, so what I've done is I've been addressing the prejudice that I face as a black male walking around the world, you know, both b positively and negatively. You know, I talk about um, the the frustration of it, but I also talk about I, I there are times I use it to my advantage, you know, because I know people are walking around afraid of me. Um, so I do use that to mind. I'm getting a seat on the train. I <laughs> feel I'm getting my seat. You may not get a seat. You may move away, but I'm getting a seat, you know, and that's those are the small victories that that come with uh, being a black male in America, because as of late, um, you know, people have had 
uh, there just a few people, you know, I'm not going to say all police officers are bad, but a few bad apples spoil a bunch, just like with these police shootings. I don't know. I don't support these police shootings, but I'm also not going to indict the uh, Black Lives Matter movement because they aren't the ones shooting. You know, it's, it's the moves of a few and it's not. And and those few are not getting their um their motivation from Black Black Lives Matter. They're getting their motivation from God knows what. But I, I'll tell you what, uh, police officers uh, shooting uh, black men who are innocent uh, is not doing anything to de-escalate. It's helping escalate the the situation. You know, um, someone said last week on a uh, on a podcast I did or a radio show that there is a virus of violence. Uh, permeate, permeating the air. And so what we need to do is, uh, you know, uh, counteract that virus of violence with, with love and understanding and, and communication, you know. Um, and the reason I say that is because I dove right into this material on Tuesday night. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was jarring, I think, initially to people. But, you know, it was the elephant in the room because I, I, I opened up by saying, yeah, you know, I was excited to come here initially. <laughs> uh, then the uh, the mood kind of changed. Uh, and so I was glad they could come and, and laugh along and laugh with and and make light of the foolishness that is uh, racism and, and uh, prejudice. And, yo, I killed. I had a great set actually all week. You know, I did variations because I'm still building some material about, uh, you know, the material um, addressing and dealing with race as well as, uh, um, you know, suicide, which uh, which is terrible. <laughs> suicide and plane crashes, <laughs> everything morbid and fame, you know, I'm dealing with race, suicide, uh, plane crashes and fame and it's challenging material but it's helping me grow and it's reflective of the times we live in and it's going well so after the show i'm doing the meet and greet everybody's giving me dab we're taking pictures and then this this, this little woman young lady uh pretty taking it was helping take pictures of other people and then she after the line dies down she says you know um when you first began talking about uh the recent shooting I, I teared up and I, I began crying to myself because Philando Castile was a friend of mine. Oh, <laughs> and she said this. And if the if the blood can leave my face um, and change my hue, it did. Right. Because I was like, oh, dang. you know, you automatically go into apology mode because I didn't want to make anybody feel bad. I definitely didn't want anyone crying. Um, but she then said, no, but hold on. But. Then as you spoke about it and spoke about the absurdity of racism, I smiled because, yes, that's 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 how I feel, because he was such a good person and he, he knew every child at the school. And, and, you know, and then I'm getting sort of misty and she and by the end, she thanked me and she was saying, thank you for uh, doing what you did, because it's it's opening up the lines of communication and helping people understand uh the differences that we all have and not embracing this fear and then later on in the week uh two nights later i think thursday night 
another woman, um, and she was white. She happened to be white. Yeah, um, probably I'm gonna say mid to late twenties, maybe low thirties. She um she she says um once again the line dies down. People in Minneapolis are very polite. Thank you, Minneapolis. Uh, she uh pulls me to the side. She's like, yeah, I'm sorry, and she's kind of trying to collect her her thoughts, gather her thoughts, and get the right words. And I'm like, no, it's fine. She's like, um, she keeps turning, looking away, and then looking back. No, I just wanted to know, is uh, is that true? I said, oh, is is what true? She's like, do do you really? Does that really happen? Do you find that people really do grab their purses and 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 look at you with fear and are afraid of you? And I was like, and the cabs will drive past you. I, I said, oh, yeah. I I'm cause to lighten the mood, I chuckle through it. It's not funny, but you know, it's interesting because I'm like, oh, she she really isn't aware that this is something that that I face. I'm like, I said, oh yeah. I said, yeah. I said it happens. I said I'm used to it now. I said, and she and then she takes a deep breath, turns her head, and and I can see her eyes look glassy. She's like, I'm I'm. St- She's like that. I'm. She can't even muster the words. She's like, I'm so sorry to hear that. She's like, I just, I had no idea, and uh, you know, in 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 my my privilege, I I, and and here's the thing, uh, that that anyone white that's listening should should know, black people or any just people of color that are aware that there is such a thing as white privilege, we're not walking around. Uh, you know, castigating or pointing a finger at you, saying you, you embrace, you have white privilege, and and uh, white privilege is something that I don't even think a lot of people are aware of that 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 they benefit from. And this woman telling me that uh, that you know her mother has said things racially recently. She uh, she said uh, you know she's younger and her mother's from a different generation so she's explaining to her mother that her mother has um um had access to privileges that there are many people that don't have benefits and access uh, to that to the same uh privileges and benefit of the doubt that's 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 also what is included in it is you know being being a young black male i don't get the benefit of the doubt you know um so not only are people afraid of me, but also they they assume guilt as opposed to assuming innocence. You know, the young brother gets shot or any brother gets shot, automatically people are saying, saying, well, what happened? Even if it's on camera, first thing people ask is, well, what happened that we didn't see? When that That's a twisted thought process. It shouldn't be what happened that we didn't see. It should be why... Why is this dude who said before he uh, reached for his wallet that I, I am carrying a firearm and I am reaching for my my identification and registration? Why is he get shot? You know, why is there was a brother that got shot? He was uh, helping uh, helping someone that was autistic. I think it was in Florida. He puts his hands up. He gets shot. And then. They, they they say that the uh, police officer said he was trying to protect that. That's what was crazy about that story. He said, uh, I was I was trying I was shooting the other gentleman because I thought he had a gun. So how do you 
how do you shoot the darker dude, the dude that was there to help the autistic dude who you were trying to shoot? That's 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 what we get frustrated. That's the frustration. That's that's uh, what spawns the phrase "Black Lives Matter." Not to say that all li- other lives don't matter. Is that there's a, there's an issue because the black ones are the ones that are not only getting taken out, but no one is facing any any real repercussions aside from uh you know they they get what what's the what's the verb is they 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 always wind up uh you know they're under investigation investigation and so the dis- disciplinary action is is uh they might just get um they they're they're off duty. You know, but they they may or may not get suspended with or without pay. You know, it's just frustrating. So, anyway, uh, the second young lady that that was talking to me, and I only brought up race because, you know, if if she was black, she wouldn't ask it because she would know it. You know, if she was a uh, East Indian, she she would know it. You know, if she was Korean, she'd know. You know, be aware of it. You know. Um, the 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 uh white women that happened to approach me who had courage to approach me i got to give them credit for even uh having the having the courage to come and have a conversation you know i wound up hugging both of them um because they both wound up crying and uh, as as a human being i empathize with them but i also said you know what that's why it's important for me to uh to have these conversations and discussions on stage in a funny way, uh, but to have them nonetheless, because maybe then people will have a better understanding of the experiences that I face. Um, yeah, and and uh, young black males face that. I ain't to say that if you had the ATM machine and a, a dude comes on with a hoodie. <laughs> hoodie and hands in in his pocket you ain't supposed to get nervous because i might even get nervous i'm racially profiled me too but i'm also going to racial racially profile if it's a white dude in there with a hood on standing a little too close or if it's an asian dude with a hood on standing a little too close you know it's you you shouldn't judge everything based on race you should judge things based on uh the the specifics of those particular instances you know, um, and even still, if it's winter and they have a hoodie on and they're behind you waiting in line at the ATM, then they're cold, <laughs> you know. But if it's you in 90 degree, 100 degree weather and somebody's behind you with a hoodie, maybe and it's two o'clock in the morning, maybe you should just withdraw some money uh, the next day. You weren't taking that money out for anything good at 2 a.m. anyway, except to get some some singles to go to the strip club. <laughs> Yo, I've gone longer than I expected, but um, I was passionate. Um, to wrap things up, man, Acme, we had great shows. Um, we sold out a couple of shows. We had great numbers all week. Um, turned up on my birthday. Uh, my, my beautiful bride came out. She flew out. Um, on Thursday, I surprised her on stage um, by having the the club sing Happy Birthday, and uh, and then uh, she did it to me on on Saturday after my final show on Saturday. And shout out to the club Acme Comedy Co. for um, for for helping facilitate uh, such festivities and such a celebration. It was a wonderful wonderful weekend and a wonderful way to celebrate. 
um, my B day, um, yeah, and um, yeah, and then now we're back here. Like I said, uh, next week, if you are in the, um, if you are in the Denver area, then please make sure that you are. Uh, you come on out to uh, the Denver Improv with myself and Harris Stanton. Uh, we'll be there August 11th through 14th. And then I'm in Ann Arbor, August 18th through 20th, Ann Arbor, Michigan, for the uh, uh, Ann Arbor Comedy sh comedy Showcase. Y'all make sure you come out. I think my man, shout out to B. Rich, he said he's going to come through. Um so we, you know, come through all the, the ginger ales are on me, son. Uh, that that sounded weird. Pause. <laughs> Yo, uh, all love. Make sure you you tell a friend to subscribe, comment, like. Uh, for the fucking protocol. Um, y'all can wish your boy a happy belated birthday if need be. Also, anyone that does listen that follows me on um. On any social media, if I did not thank you in person, I'm thanking you now. Thank you for the for the wonderful birthday wishes. I, I've been just sort of scrolling through them. I can't thank everybody um, uh, by writing a writing a comment to everyone because they're they're you know in the thousands, but or hundreds maybe. Maybe I'm not that popular, <laughs> but you have five thousand friends. Um, you get a lot of love, and which I appreciate. Um, so thank, so thank you for that. And, uh, and also y'all can check me out on, um, uh, Acme Comedy Company. They also have, um, they have their own, um, they have their own podcast and I was, uh, fortunate enough to use it with my man or use it to do it with my man, Justin Severson, uh, at St. Paul Rock City. Give him a holler um, after you check out the podcast if you enjoyed it. And the pod, uh, podcast is titled No Laugh Track. No Laugh Track. Uh, and you can listen. Uh, it's on my uh, Twitter. I reposted it. Um, uh, but it's also no nolaughtrack.podbean.com. And it was episode 209. So y'all check that out. After you listen to the Fundamental Protocol, which makes sense because you're listening now. So I'm about to wrap it up. And, uh, yo, you know, summer's upon us. I guess I, I might have mentioned to y'all I'm doing this military tour of 12 cities, 12 bases uh, from late September to early October. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll read off the, uh, the list of dates in the next couple of weeks. All, right? uh, all love, two fingers. And uh, a young man love each other. Let's let's spread love. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Less less of this virus of violence and more. Well, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. I all love. Two two fingers, baby. It's your boy, young young Dean in the building. Easy.